0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his
1: guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello, and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I no longer ask, how are you? And instead, I try to ask a different question at the top of the podcast. So uh, if you could fly with birds... Where would you choose to fly to? Just wherever the birds are going? Or would you try to talk them into going where you want to go?
0: <laughs> I think I would totally try to talk them into where I want to go. Um, <laughs> I mean, like the journey would be fun, but I feel like there's some places I want to visit. That oh, would be really cool to visit by um, flying there with the birds.
1: Like Edinburgh? Or like, where where would you want to go with the birds?
0: Uh, You know, I want to go to Staffa Island.
1: I don't even know what Staff Island is uh, because my mind is in medical things I think of staph infection and it doesn't sound fun
0: I don't want to go there I think I saw a picture of it this morning for some reason and so it's been on my mind today it's an island um, off the coast of Scotland so maybe you saying Edinburgh made me think of it also and then um, but it's got these really cool basalt rock formations and you can only get there it's an island so you can only get there from the ocean
1: Oh, okay. Well, that sounds lovely. I would happily go there with birds. Uh, But we're not going to be going there uh, this weekend.
0: (laughs) Probably not, sadly. We have
1: other plans uh, called Thanksgiving. Uh, We're going to be celebrating uh, Thanksgiving. And we wanted to get in the mood for that. Uh, As regular listeners of the podcast know, we like to cover lots of different kinds of topics and have different kinds of episodes. And we've done a couple of deep deep dives into the juicy themes of uh, pop culture films like Dune and No Time to Die and Eternals. Uh, this week, in preparation for the holiday that is eating, among other things, we wanted to talk about something that we enjoy eating and other people have at their uh, Thanksgiving celebrations sometimes, and that is macaroni and cheese. We yes. are going to obsess over macaroni and cheese. This is amazing to me because you and I always talk about the topics as the week is coming up, and I was kind of thinking, this is probably the week for a little bit more of a, a light and fun topic. And then you said macaroni and cheese. And I think I've talked about cheese <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast. But macaroni and cheese, for me, that as a food, that's that's right below frozen pizza in terms of life importance. So it's amazing that we haven't done an episode on it before.
0: I agree. That kind of came to me as one of those like, wait, why haven't we talked about this? We need to talk. <laughs> With we, microphones.
1: We need to talk with microphones and mac and cheese. That's not a good food. Uh, microphones aren't fun to eat. But anyway, let's get into this. Do we have any macaroni and cheese related caveats? We often have caveats at the top of the podcast. Do you feel like there's anything that you need to say? Well, but let's put a pin in this.
0: Um, I mean, I guess, yes, of course, because we always <laughs> need a caveat. This is not necessarily a comprehensive overview of all there is to know about mac and cheese.
1: <laughs> this is not the wikipedia article on mac and cheese.
0: Exactly. This is not the round the world table book of glossy photos of <laughs> macaroni and cheese.
1: I have not sadly tried every mac and cheese in the world, but I'm working <laughs> on it, slowly but surely. So, well, let's start here. Why do you think it's a significant dish? Uh like lots of people love it, it is tied to many people's childhoods, it is a, a cultural dish that is received differently by different cultures, I think. Um, but what is it for you? What is the significance? Is it the comfort, the variety, cultural connotations?
0: For me personally? Yeah. Um, wow. I think it's a combination of it's, it's one of those foods that's a box food that I was one of the first foods that I learned how to prepare from scratch. So okay. that I have that aspect of it. <laughs> and honestly... Because it's one of your favorite foods. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah.
1: So oh, could you like just take or leave macaroni and cheese before uh, we became partner friends?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I really enjoy it, um, but I didn't eat it very often. And I, you know, because I think, um, you know, it's a little bit of, it's not that much work to make from scratch, but a little bit. And I think I just wasn't buying boxes of it. I had other easy, convenient meals that were my go-to meals. Yeah. And I just didn't think a lot about it, but it's such a... <laughs>
1: well, some of these follow-up questions, you're not going to have many answers on that. <laughs> oh, I'll come up with that.
0: <laughs> um, but it's it's such a wonderful, comfort, cozy food. And now uh, we have been partner friends for quite some time. So now I have a lot of thoughts about macaroni cheese.
1: Yeah. I think for me in my own life experience, it's just it is a food that I have encountered and made the choice to re-encounter many, many <laughs> times. I think from a kind of larger cultural perspective, I think because it is this handy, quick, uh, boxed food, right? Uh, everything from craft to now Annie's to all sorts of different, um, varieties. A lot of people encounter it as kids. Mm-hmm. So it's something that is really like that, this very family comfort youth. You're sick. Maybe you have this, maybe not you're sick, but you know what I mean? It's easy to digest. It's homey. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it, it does also exist in sort of like lots of, uh, you know, gourmet ways. Right. And you can make it from scratch and it's, you know, uh, an actual adult food. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. I don't know. I, I think it is it, it's unique in being like when you think of macaroni and cheese, you can just think like the thing you make out of the box with the, you know, dehydrate, dehydrated cheese powder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That everybody knows, or it can be like, oh, that, what what is your recipe? How do you go about it? like it? I don't know. It, it it's got variety,
0: absolutely.
1: With all within all being the wonderful, uh, delicious thing that it is. So let's go back to your past. Uh, when you were a kid, did you have it out of the box, or did you in, encounter it homemade? <laughs> uh, and and what are your just kind of formative memories of macaroni and cheese?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, we we certainly had it out of the box. Um, but the, one of the main things that I remember about having it when I was young is my mom would make it, but she would add, um, additional cheese,
1: additional cheese. Yeah.
0: Real cheese. Um, and I think in my child mind, I was like, harumph, we just want the powdered cheese. Why are you putting on all these other things that are supposedly good for us? And I think (laughs) to her, it was maybe a little bit of that, but also that, she thought we might like additional cheese in it.
1: Yeah, I have many follow-up questions. Uh, so is is this Kraft?
0: Macaroni and cheese? Yeah. I mean, probably, but I was seven. It was a box. I don't know.
1: <laughs> was the box blue? This is very important. <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe Kraft, uh, probably Kraft. Who knows? Uh, when you say additional cheeses, mm-hmm. exactly what cheeses, how are they applied? Are we talking grated Parmesan? Are we talking just a chunk of cheddar thrown into the bowl. How did you get additional cheeses?
0: <laughs> did you not know this was an option? <laughs> I I believe, um, again, from my seven-year-old mind sitting at the kitchen table watching my mom prepare this. So plenty of room for error there. Fair enough. But um, I believe that she would grate blocks of probably cheddar, maybe okay. Colby, maybe so, Swiss, but probably not. Like, into this cheese sauce while she was making it.
1: Okay, so it would melt in there. Yeah. Oh God! All right. So, I know. Uh, I'm totally for it. Yeah, we were recording right before dinner, and I <laughs> need to make sure that I don't just pause and drool uh, during the podcast. Uh, yeah, for me, it was just it was such a formative thing as a kid. It was a comfort meal. Um, uh, my my family started out <laughs> in my younger years trying to eat more healthy, and that disappeared. Uh, but early in my life, like I just, I always liked cheese, but macaroni and cheese was particularly like, uh, you know, this was a, a, around a time where like some, you know, you're a kid and you don't know what you're going to get. And some days it would be lima beans, which just made me feel, uh, sad, <laughs> sad in my mouth. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be lima beans, which was like literally depressing to me. Or macaroni and cheese, which was like I had won a sweepstakes, right? Incredibly, Mm -hmm. amazingly uh, happy. Um, So it was like my favorite food. It wasn't just like, "Eh, I remember eating that in a kid. It was like, I hope today is a macaroni and cheese day, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then I just have some like very specific memories of uh, the craft in particular, just the very traditional, um, very early memories of watching uh, original Star Trek In reruns with my dad and eating macaroni and cheese and thinking like, well, this is just great. There's space stuff on the television (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm eating this great uh, cheesy food that blows my little mind. Um, There was a time that my dad made it uh, and he I think he was just stressed. I think coming home late from work and uh, forgot to add uh, any milk or water of any kind. So it was just this weird glump. (laughs) And that was kind of like my first uh, realization that, like, things can go wrong in the kitchen. The food doesn't always come out right. You gotta watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was just a very formative food, and like I think I'm sure I have papers filed away somewhere from like you know when you're a real little kid, like second grade or whatever. Of like, what are the names of your uh, your family? What do you like to eat? I'm sure I have like chicken scratches, has macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it was a thing for me. Uh, so as you grew up and got out on your own, was macaroni was macaroni and cheese still a part of your diet?
0: Um, So it really wasn't until I, there's a story to my first making macaroni and cheese, if I may. Please, yes. So I was studying abroad in Edinburgh. Apparently we're talking about Edinburgh today. And uh, living in a flat with some other students. uh, But we were responsible for our own meals. Um, And prior to that, I had lived in dorms where I went to the cafeteria. And I was discovering how many things I had no idea how to make. So I had (laughs) bought this little like. Um, And I was already vegetarian by then. So I bought this little like, British cookbook, like vegetarian student cookbook on a budget type thing. And one of the recipes in there was for macaroni and cheese. And I was like, yeah, 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 we know this is a student food. But seriously, you can make it and then you can add um, vegetables to it. And it's not that hard. And it's better for you than the other kind. And, you know, I was very much on a budget. So I it's like, okay, well, I'll I'll try this. And then it wasn't that complicated and it was so good and I think that might be when I discovered adding for myself, discovered adding uh, tomatoes to macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and um that just blew my mind and it felt like I had conquered the world. And so then I loved it.
1: Yeah, well that is great. So, uh I I'm trying to picture this. What what exactly was the macro- what was this macaroni and cheese like?
0: Yeah, so it was um you know, shells, probably like mm. elbow or shells, sorry, pasta, probably elbow or something like that Um, with whatever cheeses I had there. And um I remember steaming something on the top, maybe <laughs> onions, which would be weird because I don't like onions. But <laughs> I think the recipe called for onions. And the first time I make something, I often follow the recipe, and then after that, I'll change it. Yeah. So I probably steamed the onions.
1: You do like jazz pasta where you're like, uh, today I feel like it needs an (laughs) accent of this on the downbeat.
0: I totally do. Oh, and I was steaming um, broccoli. Okay. So I was steaming some frozen broccoli, um, and I think I had like some canned stewed tomatoes or something like that that then I was stirring into it. So making the cheese sauce, staying on the stove, you know, other people around like we're all some of us were better cooks than others all sorts of pots were broken during the time period as people like oh that doesn't go on the stove like this was
1: this is a figure out how to be an adult phase of life uh,
0: yes six students figuring out how to be an adult, an adult together
1: <laughs> six <laughs> students one adult yeah that's great so you obviously you enjoyed the process of making it the mm-hmm. revelation that it was within your grasp yeah and then obviously you I would imagine enjoyed the flavor.
0: Oh, absolutely! I always loved the flavor of it. I think I had a little bit of like, oh, um, you know, I I don't I don't remember. I think I just didn't eat it that much. I ate a lot of other kinds of pasta. Yeah, no surprise to you because you know how often I'm like, let's have pasta for dinner. <laughs> but um, but macaroni and cheese specifically had kind of fallen out of just the rotation, not out of anything um, against it, just just kind of wasn't wasn't on my menu
1: yeah yeah uh that is a really great story and really exciting to know that some of the macaroni and cheese that that you make for us uh from time to time uh, homemade from scratch not from a box at all just homemade uh has some dna of the edinburgh (laughs) macaroni and cheese Mm -hmm. in it
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. part of my brain is always like still there on clark street just stirring the Stirring the cheese. Stirring the cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: nice. Part of my brain is on Clark Street. Stirring the cheese. That is the beginning of a poem <laughs> that I think you should write. Uh, yeah, for me, macaroni and cheese definitely was, it, it was a, one of the many childish things that I chose not to leave in childhood. <laughs> uh, it was like the first thing that I learned to cook, uh, you know, getting into high school. When, like, I there were times where I was, you know, I would come home in the afternoon and after school and I was the only one home. And what could I make for myself? And, you know, I think my dad said it's really not that hard. You just do the, the, he had mastered it by then. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, you know, you would have a hard time damaging the kitchen or yourself doing this. Uh, So not only did I learn to make it, but like I had that little bit of pride in it. I know it's very, very dumb because box macaroni and cheese is not complicated. Right. But like, I came up with the system and measurements and preferences. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. Ahead.
0: And it is that, isn't it? I mean, it's part of that journey of no matter what it is, of like, yeah, this is one of the things I know how to make, especially making it at a time when maybe not everybody is making their own food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then as I actually did get out uh, on my own, I was not healthy uh, in my meal choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mostly ate out and uh, and frozen pizzas. But then sometimes it was uh, macaroni and cheese, and uh, I had other friends like me who are like, uh, we have day jobs, but then we're doing comedy shows or rehearsing for theater shows all all night. And um, being honest about that, we don't have a lot of great world skills, and maybe we should work on that, but that's kind of like a bonding point. Uh, To the point where uh, my friend, who I did uh, a lot of comedy with, Timmy Wren, who you know, Mm -hmm. uh, we both we would make macaroni and cheese for one another every once in a while. We we ended up like you know we're at one another's apartment before a thing or after a thing, and we need to eat. And what what do you mean? And we got this joke going that we had you know we had our different techniques, like exactly. You know, how soupy to how creamy to which. And we made a joke. So I'm like, hey, if we're ever both uh, dating people at the same time, we should like make macaroni and cheese for the people we're dating as an exchange and like a <laughs> a sit down culinary exchange, which we did end up doing. And I I sadly can't really remember. I don't think uh I don't think there was a lot of discussion about the techniques. Okay. <laughs> I well. think we just did it.
0: I'd be happy to, I never got to have that experience. I'd be happy to have that experience. Sometime. I, I will
1: contact him, yep. see if he even remembers this <laughs> and see if there's a possibility of uh, recreating that now that we are both married. Uh, yeah. So the other thing then is, you know, I, I've talked uh, before, kind of um, went through various phases in my growing up um, uh, as a, an adult on my own. Uh, I had a breakup and then I had a I need to get a little bit more serious about my life period, which was right before you and I started dating. Mm -hmm. And I remember that one of the things that I did to try to become a more responsible adult is my go-to meal was just a frozen pizza or eating out in the world. That was about it. And I said, I need to get more healthy. My go-to meal instead is going to be a box of macaroni and cheese, but not craft Annie's because it's organic. (laughs) And for a good Year and a half, like uh, I was rarely home, but when I was, it was Annie's mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you are trying not to say something as you listen to this.
0: There's some things that's good to find out later and
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, later on. Are you really questioning?
0: <laughs> no, goodness. No. You knew this, right? I did not. I don't think I knew how much you ate it.
1: I, uh, but
0: I, but I, can I? But yeah, I do ahead. have a positive thing. So I okay, understand. please. Because I at that point was not really eating macaroni and cheese probably either certainly not store-bought or um you know boxes or probably is not making it that much either like i had gone on my own little what do i do what happens if i make things with lentils and beets all the time and things like that (laughs) um but i do remember one of the first times that we kind of like went grocery shopping together yeah like no, like definitely macaroni and cheese, and I was like, okay, like no, it has to be Annie's. Like that's the good stuff. And I probably hadn't had boxed macaroni and cheese, boxed macaroni and cheese in a long time at that point. Um, I had other go tos like frozen pizzas, um, but I, but it was it was so much better from what I remember from the other. And I do, I was like, ooh, well, that's that's a good sign. That he at least pays attention and gets the one without with fewer like preservatives in it.
1: See, it was a See? big step forward it for made, me. It
0: made an impact
1: yes uh, and i would like to shout out uh, annie's mild mexican mac and cheese which they discontinued in like 2009 2010 i googled it and i found a very long uh facebook post where annie's as a company had been like is for facebook fun engagement in like 2010 had been like you know remember uh uh Mild mac and che- mild Mexican mac and cheese. <laughs> the comments are like thousands of them, like. Yes, you bastards. Why did you discontinue it? <laughs> ah, it was it was really good. It's very funny because I have like very specific memories of our relationship. Like I remember at one point, uh, like I stopped. Uh, I was making uh, mild Mexican mac and cheese, Annie's. Uh, when you called me to say, "Hey, I'm, actually, do you want to come with me to this thing?" It was very early in our relationship. And I finished making it and put it in the fridge and left and didn't even eat it because I had to go <laughs> see this wonderful person I was dating. Aww. Yeah. Uh, so it's very, uh, very uh, formative uh, for different parts uh, of my life. But I, I think we've talked about this before. A, a big part of this is just kind of in general being busy, not having kind of a regular schedule so it was really uneven which night I'd even be home. And I've always felt this way about food. I've been trying to get a little bit better about it, but... Since I have always done for my career a lot of creative things, I struggle to be creative about food. Like I, I want it to taste good, but there are definitely times in my life where, like, I would be happy with a sustenance tablet because I have used all of my imagination, and that's part of where at that point in my life we're like, uh, it's a, I just need food to not die. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I, I do understand. I have gone through my phases of like. But what if I just ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a minimum of two meals a day?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, With an apple every day. Look at how far we've come. Right. And by we, I mean mostly me. Uh, <laughs> look at how far you have helped me come. Let me phrase that in the most honest way possible. So now, here's an important question. Yeah. As an adult, is a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese a single serve portion for an adult?
0: Well, for Kraft, I honestly can't answer because I don't know the last time we've had it.
1: Oh, that's true. Okay. Sorry. For Kraft or Annie's. Is mm-hmm. Annie's, which we still do get from time to time, mm-hmm. not nightly, uh, is that a single serving for an adult?
0: Uh, it is too much for me.
1: <laughs> uh, do you worry about me when I eat an entire box?
0: No, because you don't do it that often. <laughs> but if that I I'm there. aware of. <laughs> uh, I, I snuck three in
1: earlier today. I didn't tell you. I have to make uh, special trips to recycle the box so you don't see. <laughs> it's, it's awful. It's a bad. No. For me, like, I, I just thought it would be fun to discuss because I think we've had this when we have, like, a well, it's a Sunday afternoon. We just need a light lunch. And you're like, yeah, we could split this box of Annie's. And I'm always like, split? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whereas the Trader Joe's, eh, that, that, that's more uh, more pasta in there. Mm-hmm. That's that's more too serving to me. Yep. So you had mentioned already one of the great debates uh Elbows or shells, who emerges as the victor? Which is better for you? Elbows or shells for the pasta in the macaroni and cheese?
0: Oh, um, for me, shells. Now, why? I like shells better. <laughs> well, I think um, you've made
1: a good argument for what subjective opinions
0: are. Right. Uh, they, because of, and I like the little shells. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they, they're they like little sauce scoops. And you can have more sauce in them. And also, I feel like the texture goes well with, um, because I like to put vegetables in my macaroni and cheese, also controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it can go well with, with that. Um, I do, I, I'm not opposed to to elbows. Part of it is that I don't buy elbows. So, I mean, I guess in a box, I do actually do like elbows. That's fine. Um, if it's homemade, I like, um, what is it, the cavatine? Capitelli or something it's like the okay. the two spiral Ooh, because then that's like that's you a real get cheese grabber of, yeah and it's also easier to pick up with your um fork because i eat macaroni and cheese with a fork
1: i think that's just fine i <laughs> i have no judgment on that <laughs> uh you look like you're feel- you look like you've revealed something.
0: I, well, I think that might be a little weird. Uh, I do not eat it with a spoon. Although, actually, right now, I can't remember what I eat it. No, I, I eat it with a fork.
1: <laughs> you eat most things with a fork. I do. Uh, soup, you draw the line. I haven't seen you try to eat <laughs> soup with a fork, but you might.
0: I haven't tried that one yet.
1: <laughs> it was a really chunky soup. Uh, yeah, I think for me, growing up with the craft is like that is like the uh, cartoon definition in my mind of macaroni and cheese. So, like, I, I have some loyalty for elbows, but shells are, yes, they're they're a much better cheese catcher. And that was one of the revelations of Annie's.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, is to have the shells. Also, you said another thing I think is very important. Uh, shells, I, I never have to run them down. In those elbows, they roll around. They try to get away from whatever utensil you have, spoon or fork. It's possible that I'm just not good at eating in many respects. <laughs> But I get so cranky when food tries to escape me. Mm-hmm. You have heard me uh, say naughty words at salads <laughs> because they try to escape my fork.
0: I have, I have, <laughs> and I feel like—and you would think macaroni, like the elbow, would be great with a fork, but for some reason they escape me.
1: It, you know what? It's science. <laughs> it's the relation. I think of the fluid in the shape. They—they're the rollers. They'll roll from you.
0: Uh-huh. I think it's squishy. <laughs>
1: They get squishy and they roll. Yeah. Makes me so upset.
0: How do you feel about like every once in a while, like a themed macaroni and cheese will come out with like wheels or something like that, like the totally other macaroni or pasta shapes? Yeah.
1: My experience of making those in in boxed form, it means that you have to cook them longer for whatever reason because uh, it, it is harder to get them to be soft. And I like I like the the noodles or the pasta or whatever it is to be soft i don't want it to have any even hint of of crunch mm-hmm. and you know yeah i've, I've bought different themed ones uh, over the years including we still have a box of uh, last jedi themed craft macaroni and cheese that i bought because i like macaroni and cheese and it. it had ray and bb8 on it so i had to and now it is uh that kind of food that uh survivors of a zombie apocalypse are going to be eating <laughs> eight years from now <laughs>
0: we're ready we're ready for you
1: we're ready for you zombie apocalypse uh Yeah, and that that kind of stuff where it it is like not the normal shape, but it's designed to, you You got to really watch that. Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Thank you for the words of wisdom.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm just full of good life prep. (laughs) So when you order macaroni and cheese at a restaurant, does it feel safe or do you feel like you're dancing with culinary risks?
0: Ooh, So I don't order it at restaurants very often, um, partially because I think it's, it can feel a little risky for me.
1: Yeah, it, what when you are analyzing? Like, if you're like, "Ooh, I'm torn between the, the mac and cheese. It sounds good, but I want this other thing." What what makes you go? What what could go wrong? What do you think could go wrong?
0: A lot of macaroni and cheese at restaurants. It's very rich. Yes. Um, and I don't want it really rich because there aren't any vegetables in it to balance it out.
1: <laughs>
0: apparently, I know we're having an episode about macaroni and cheese, but apparently, I just am going to bring in vegetables as often as i can
1: oh well we're, um, we're gonna be talking about vegetables in, in just a very <laughs> very short moment here yeah um,
0: so some you know if i if it's like cold and i really want something cozy i will but i think it's more that i'm worried it'll be too rich or i won't be able to finish it okay and also because it is a thing that we eat at home i sometimes like to do like out in the world foods that are different from what i would eat at home
1: yeah i think for me it is just never knowing what you're going to get. And I generally don't like to ask uh, a server too many questions. I'll ask a specific question, um, you know, or I've gotten used to with you. Like often we have to clarify like, okay, it doesn't say there are bacon bits in this, but are there bacon bits in this about uh, lots of foods that have surprise bacon bits? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't mind at all just asking like a really specific clarifying question, right? But the macaroni and cheese thing for me, that is, it's almost philosophical it's almost like asking some not maybe not philosophical it's almost like asking someone to describe a painting right <laughs> because like when I see macaroni and cheese it's like that could be anything that could be like really creamy Uh, that could be like kind of creamy to the point it's like coagulated and greasy it could be pretty dry with mostly breadcrumbs you know it could be a lot of it could be uh you know packed into a little cup You know, it could have surprising things in it that they didn't tell you about. There's so much, a huge amount of of difference in what macaroni and cheese can be. It could be like much more like a baked dish almost, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be more soupy. I'm just listing the same things again and again because I'm so excited. Yeah. But the point is, it's such a mystery of knowing exactly what you're going to get. Mm -hmm.
0: And you brought up a very good point, which is why I originally did not order macaroni and cheese which is because it usually had bacon in it and they often wouldn't say that it had bacon in it back in the days when it was harder to order vegetarian things in restaurants than it is now
1: yeah and for me sometimes like um i'm looking for like if i'm in the middle of like a busy weekend of shows like at a convention or whatever and i'm looking for something simple and direct and like sometimes i'll just get i'll get pizza because that's something simple and direct and then i always go through this debate of like macaroni and cheese Do I trust it at this place? because of that richness factor, right? Mm-hmm. So it could just be like, oh, that's that's some nice cheese and some pasta. What could go wrong? And they could be surprised. We added 18 cheeses. <laughs> Which you know? sounds
0: so great, doesn't it? But then sometimes your stomach after is just like, no. No,
1: even I can eat too much cheese. Mm. A lesson hard learned. Uh, so you have been making some wonderful homemade macaroni and cheese. What is your approach? Uh, what is your philosophy? When you're go- saying, I'm going to make some macaroni and cheese, What are your goals?
0: Mm. My goals are to make it taste delicious, to make it creamy, to not let the, to not have it be too milky and not have it be too, um, uh, you know, to get that, that right amount of like smooth creaminess to the sauce and not let it, um, I think I've made it a few times where either I've let it cool down too much or added too much cheese and it becomes, um... A little bit more solid than I want, (laughs) which which sounds gross. It it wasn't that gross.
1: There is great coagulation risks with macaroni and cheese.
0: There are. There are. Absolutely. Um, And we haven't experimented as much uh, because it's been summer for 10 months. But but you mentioned baked mac and cheese. Um, And baked mac and cheese I enjoy also is a thing that I like to make uh on days when i am willing to turn on the oven
1: (laughs) but that has been uh not the situation uh for a little while um okay so here is a philosophical question okay yes for sure yeah that
0: wasn't very philosophical was it
1: well no you you want Mm. okay well actually let uh, before i move on i'm gonna ask you another question Mm -hmm. what emotions are you trying to evoke with your homemade mac and cheese
0: peace and comfort
1: peace and comfort Mm -hmm. that is very nice in in Almost a pun because you do like putting peas in the mac and <laughs> <grinding> cheese. <laughs> it's true. How many cheeses do you put in? Mm. What what level of variety are we talking about?
0: It it varies a lot. Often two or three.
1: Nice. It, nice. it
0: kind of depends on what we, if this was a last minute, like, oh, I'll just make mac and cheese. Or if I've stopped at the store knowing I'm going to make mac and cheese, then there will be more cheeses in it. Um, I don't know if I've ever made it with just one cheese. Okay. I, I mean, i sure I have, but I don't know if I often make it with one cheese on purpose. I feel like, like
1: that's something you need to note. Like, you know how like if there's a song that's only one note, <laughs> that's like a thing.
0: <laughs> like this is cheddar only mac and cheese. Right.
1: Or like, you know, a, a, a single tracking shot in a film, like a one cheese macaroni and cheese. That's, right. That's special.
0: Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's all cheddar, but it's like three different kinds of cheddar.
1: Oh, yeah. Then it's not even one cheese anymore. Yeah. No. What's the weirdest cheese What's the most dangerous exciting cheese you've put in our homemade mac and cheese?
0: Ooh, wow. Um well, <laughs> this is like a challenge. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited for what I'm going to make <laughs> next. <laughs> um I mean I I've put mozo- uh, mozzarella, that's not challenging. Uh parmesan, which is not challenging but c- adds a different um consistency. Yeah. So it's more challenging on that side of it. Okay. Um I want to say I've added some cheese was with a kick and then it's like how much do you add in versus not add in. Uh Trader Joe's has a cheese called Unexpected Cheddar. Yes. Which is delicious and I would not call to be call a daring cheese to put in, but I think once I made it with mainly that and that one might have been the one that coagulated a bit more than I wanted.
1: <laughs> it lived up to its name of being unexpected. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh no, now we're going to get to my philosophical question. Yeah. I've been Abusing the word philosophical on this podcast, but this one I feel is philosophical. How much stuff can go in macaroni and cheese that is not either macaroni or cheese before it is no longer macaroni and cheese? And instead, you've made just some cheese and pasta dish.
0: Mm. Two, I was going to say two to four items, but I might actually up it to two to five. Two to five. Well, and here's why. Because two of the items that I often put in macaroni and cheese, uh, whether I make it from scratch or even in a box, are crushed red pepper, mm-hmm. just a little bit, and oregano. Okay. So, uh, if we're including spices, I would say two to five.
1: I'm not including spices, okay? Uh, because like the, the in in my uh, time of maturing by eating only Annie's macaroni and cheese, I also really thought like I'm becoming much more culinary by putting in tomatoes and crushed red pepper. Mm-hmm. and and that was uh, uh, a part of the reason that i delighted in it and felt like it was a much more well-balanced diet <laughs> i was getting some tomatoes I mean, um
0: every step counts <laughs> every step counts
1: oh i have a lot of steps to take <laughs> so anyway uh, i wanted to reflect back okay. on that happy memory of yeah. uh, of spices and uh, uh when i make macaroni and cheese every once in a while i still put in the crushed red pepper so i'm gonna say that spices don't count okay i'm talking about other ingredients i'm talking about add-ons
0: yeah three
1: three okay i think that is reasonable do you agree with me that if you're starting to put in more you're making some kind of hot dish or cheese stew at that point
0: yeah or like a uh pasta with a cheesy sauce a
1: pasta with a cheesy sauce it
0: it becomes something else Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely so now we get to talk about your favorite topic Veggies and other things. I'm sure that, that's your favorite topic, right? Veggies and other things. Uh, this is, might be, there's maybe going to be some controversy on our podcast. Okay. What are your favorite things to put in macaroni and cheese?
0: Mm-hmm. Tomatoes, which we've already both talked about. Uh-huh. Um, not together, although I would try it together. Um, so my my top three things to put in are tomatoes, broccoli, and peas. Okay. Not necessarily both broccoli and peas, but maybe. I would try it.
1: Okay. And this is a conversation that we've had in our household. Uh, it, it can get a little heated, so we're taking a risk by talking <laughs> about it with microphones for other people to hear. How How do you figure out the correct balance of peas so you're not eating a large pea dish that has a slight hint of cheese flavor to it?
0: <laughs> um. So I figure out um, how much I think you will tolerate. <laughs> and then I put that in there, but I make sure it's at least no more than half as many peas as there are pasta shells.
1: Okay. And that that's... I don't
0: actually put in that many, but like that would be the maximum.
1: <laughs> that would be a maximum. So uh, it's a sincere question because I, I appreciate uh, how uh, much you have been understanding of my pea resistance. Uh, <laughs> but for you, just subjectively, does the flavor of peas not overpower everything else? Because that is my objection. It's, I like peas by themselves. As veggies go, uh, they're fine. Um, but I feel like they just so overpower the flavor. of like. Oh. I feel like it, it, if you're doing a stage show and like tomato was going to have a monologue and then pea just jumps in front of it and makes it all about <laughs> pea. That's what happens in my mouth.
0: <laughs> I apparently do not have the taste buds that taste peas that much so to me they're like the most mild thing to add okay so it's just like yeah go for it it's for the texture you get your green you get your veggie they're there they complement the tomatoes well they complement the cheese well but they don't really like unless you go too far and i full honesty i have gone too far sometimes <laughs> in how many peas i've added i probably did add half as many and that was too far hmm. but um have as many peas as pasta shells that was but to me, they're very innocuous, and that's actually part of why I like them. Okay. So I think we just taste peas differently.
1: I think I think we do taste peas differently, which is that yeah, that's how taste buds work. That's Revolution. fine. Yeah, we taste olives differently. So many <laughs> things we taste the same. Uh, unexpected cheddar, we taste the same. Um, but I think this is this is a huge step forward in our macaroni and cheese relationship, right yeah. here on the podcast. Woo-hoo! Because I think a part of it is you are enjoying that slight bit of pea flavor because you're you're saying it Mm complements. So you're like, hmm, cheese, hmm, peas. And I think what I want is even if there is another flavor, I want it to uh, be married with the cheese Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, what I'm getting to is I don't think peas are good suckers. Almost everything that I like (laughs) in macaroni and cheese will absorb the cheese like i like broccoli Mm -hmm. because the the flavor is fine but the broccoli just becomes another cheese delivery service Mm -hmm. uh tomatoes add their own flavor but they get soaked into that cheese and like i'm just having this great uh, cheese party (laughs) and then the pea's like hi what about me Mm -hmm. and it's a separate flavor
0: yeah How do you feel about Brussels sprouts and macaroni and cheese?
1: Have I had Brussels sprouts? I I, feel
0: like some rest. I've never done it because to me they don't blend, but I feel like some restaurants make them that way.
1: I like Brussels sprouts. Uh, We have them fairly often. Thank you for introducing me to them and and, enjoy them very much. I would feel like they'd really need to be cut up fine because Mm -hmm. that's the other thing of like that makes macaroni and cheese dangerous in restaurants. Uh, Macaroni and cheese should be effortless to eat. And if you encounter some <laughs> large chunk of different texture, no. Yeah. No. And, and Brussels sprouts concern me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is it the
1: texture of the peas as well? No, because I don't okay. normally get weirded out by the texture. It's not like I'm eating the noodles and then I get the different peas. It, it's the flavor. It's yeah. it's dominating. It's too much about itself. Interesting. If I'm eating peas, I'll eat peas. I don't need to make my cheese about <laughs> peas. <laughs> I can just eat peas if I wanted to be about <laughs> peas. <laughs> Uh we are in otherwise in sync. I like tomatoes. I like the red pepper as a spice. Uh it doesn't count as a as a thing. Um broccoli is great. I love broccoli. Yeah. Um I, I do like bacon like if it's the right restaurant and I get to know them and I get to trust them. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get like a macaroni and cheese that comes with like broccoli and bacon like that it gives just a little bit of, you know, a kick and a little bit of uh variety. Um chicken which is often offered at restaurants, right? Of You can get macaroni and cheese and then like $2 extra add chicken strips. Like, really? Yeah. You, there's to, every once in a while, I do wish it was a video podcast for your facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you look like I just told you that bears can sing and dance now <laughs> and they're doing musicals. Bears are going to do uh, a production of Cats. It, you look like that level of shock at Chicken on macaroni and cheese.
0: Okay, just to be clear, I would be thrilled that bears can sing and dance they are doing a musical, and I'm a little shocked in like toward the horrified way about the chicken that just mm, no. So
1: why is that? Uh, you you are not a meat eater in general. Yeah. Uh, so maybe so how much of that? Where is that reaction coming from?
0: The textures, like those textures, just don't. I feel like the chicken just would be a bland, mushy thing in the middle of the macaroni and cheese,
1: and that is where the risk comes in. Yeah, because I've had that sometimes. And if it's like really good chicken, then it's like, well, that's, and it, if it's cut pretty small, it's like really good because you're just you're going along. The, the cheese is in the macaroni and cheese is cooperating. <laughs> you, you can get it on your utensil very easily. And then all oh, the chicken. And then other times it's like somebody has made macaroni and cheese. And then there are like five massive hunks, massive slices of only OK chicken because eh. We're just throwing it in the macaroni and cheese. It's very risky.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that it just seems like, yeah, very well cooked would be good. Yeah. It's own flavor that complements. I don't know. I guess I just don't think about chicken and cheese going together, but I don't really think much about chicken.
1: (laughs) The most controversial thing ever said. So dismissive. I don't really think about chicken. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Other people can have those thoughts. (laughs) I'll share them.
1: I want to see that, uh, do you know that Mad Men Don Draper meme? Uh, cause there's a, a moment where one of the, in later seasons where one of the, uh, you know, younger ad, ad kids with a different perspective is like, a, you know, I pity you and I think about you. And Don Draper says, I don't think about you at all. Yes, and I you do. see a meme <laughs> repurposed for that. I, I want to see you saying, I don't think about you at all to chicken strips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Any other thoughts on what goes in the macaroni and cheese other than macaroni and cheese?
0: Mm, um, no. No, I think that's good.
1: Excellent. What wine pairs best with a fine bowl of macaroni and cheese?
0: Ooh, I mean, there's so many great options. Goodness. So my my instant response was a Pinot Noir. Uh, th-
1: this is amazing. I said a dark Pinot Noir.
0: Nice. Because it can be, because, I mean, Pinot Noirs can be a, a pretty wide range, but, like, it has that, it can be, light but full Mm -hmm. which i feel like goes well with a cheese pasta dish yeah at the same time i'm a big fan of kind of some more full-bodied reds as well so i would i'm gonna add two more i would do a merlot with it oh wow i would also controversially pair a zinfandel with it if it were um if it had some good vegetables in it like some good like oomph to the macaroni and cheese, maybe a baked macaroni and cheese, and definitely would need to have the vegetables, like would need to have broccoli in it um, to kind of counteract okay. the, the deeper um, tones of the Zinfandel.
1: Yeah, okay, gotta have broccoli. Is there a wine that pairs best with macaroni and cheese and peas?
0: Mm. Yeah, Merlot.
1: Merlot. <laughs> Merlot and peas. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an adventurous evening, <laughs> to have Merlot and Peace. Uh, so, my family uh, has taken to having a little bit more of a buffet approach to Thanksgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. My father will make a lot of; the, he will make an actual turkey, but he also make a great uh, tofurkey. He either found or made up a, a great uh, orange glaze for uh, the tofurkey. But then, he, he over the years, we've also sometimes had meatballs, or we've also. Uh, a lot of the traditional things, stuffing in that. Um, And he just uh, took to starting to also make some macaroni and cheese uh, when uh, niece and nephew were younger. And that's just stayed a part of the Thanksgiving uh, staple. So, and I know other people do have macaroni and cheese. It's a totally normal part of the uh, Thanksgiving meal. Um, But you had mentioned that you were surprised at the, or delighted or you had mentioned something when we were talking about doing this episode about your reaction to seeing macaroni and cheese as part of the Thanksgiving meal.
0: Oh, I think it was just that it was it was a new thing to me, but I so enjoyed it and it's a baked macaroni and cheese so it goes so well with all the like the flavors. It was very flavorful. Um and I think it had just been a while since I'd had like a baked macaroni and cheese and it went so well with everything, but you I think I would kind of think maybe not because I am such a fan of mashed potatoes. That I would almost think those two would compete, but mm. they don't. They complement. They blend. They go with the vegetables and the, you know, cranberry and the tofurkey. So it just it kind of um, it enhanced the meal. I was very pleased and have been very pleased to sometimes have it be. I guess we haven't really made it ourselves.
1: Yeah, but maybe we can change that. Well,
0: we're going to this weekend now.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) Baked mac and cheese. Here we come.
1: Yeah, I think I like, uh, uh, obviously, I have had many times in life where macaroni and cheese is the main dish. It is the entree of the evening. Um, But I also like it when it's like it's a side dish and it's like, okay, well, it's almost like then the macaroni and cheese can have the fun of being a character actor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like sometimes when an actor like makes a pretty big choice because they're only in five scenes in the movie and you, you maybe wouldn't want that to be the main character. But damn, it's good when it's just on the side. Like macaroni and cheese can be a little bit uh, richer and creamier when it's just on the side.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I feel like there's a lot of flavors in it
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. i think uh, i think my dad has uh, had lots of fun experimenting
0: yes i like character actor mac and cheese
1: (laughs) i like character actor mac and cheese as well all right here's my final question for you uh on the main mac and cheese topic uh what fictional character do you think really really enjoys macaroni and cheese
0: oh yeah philip marlowe (laughs) or let me put it more specifically I think that it I I would assign if I were his doctor I'd be like you need to eat some macaroni and cheese I
1: and mean, put some peas and broccoli in there for god's sake mm-hmm. Marlo. Yeah, that's so great because yeah, he is portrayed as a character who is a uh, you know, uh, scraping by and maybe not making all the healthiest life choices. He you know, has maybe a little bit too much to drink from time to time. Mm. <laughs> and I love the idea of hearing some very hard-boiled first-person narrative about, you know, if the mac and cheese let him down tonight.
0: Right? And, like, he could go back, just make it on his, like, I don't know if they talk about, like, does he have, like, a single hot plate in his room? Like, you can still make macaroni and cheese with a single hot plate. You don't need a lot of <sighs> fancy things. Yeah,
1: and I me mean, great to hear about him making it at home. I'd love it if he made it in the office. It's like...
0: Right, looking out over Hollywood Boulevard. Yep,
1: I was just mixing in the milk when she walked in. Yeah, that'd be a great (laughs) opening line (laughs) to a noir thriller. Uh, my answer is Spider Man. Uh, (laughs) Spider Man is often portrayed, uh, I think it's one of the reasons he's relatable. You know, in so many stories of Spider Man, he starts as a younger kid and then he's an adult who's really scraping by financially. And he's also an adult who's just, like, scraping by to pull everything together and make it work. And I think that's one of the reasons he is so powerful because, uh, honestly, like, that's kind of the way I felt when Annie's mac and cheese was like, my main diet. (laughs) It was like, I am really trying to put all these different things together and make a life. And I don't got a lot of money and I'm trying to make it all work. And it's nice when you can have a not great diet and at least go, there's at least one superhero (laughs) That's like me. I'm being like Spider-Man right now.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. Perfect answer.
1: (laughs) Great. So can you make a noise to sum up your interest in macaroni and cheese? Yum. (laughs) A very good one. Now let's talk our our ratings of obsession. (laughs) So on a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest, uh, where would you rate your interest in macaroni and cheese?
0: Um, you know, if it includes like thinking about ways to make it and all of that,
1: well, six. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I don't know how to rate food sometimes. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm you, you, screw it, nine. Yeah, because it's it is really right below frozen pizza. Like, obviously, I'm not like every day thinking about like how can I make macaroni and cheese more a part of my life? Should I write an essay on like, <laughs> but it is something that has been a obviously like a big part of my life and also something that I am just kind of interested in it's it's place in our culture from lots of different perspectives everything from the kind of like fun what goes in it you know what should the consistency be that's like just kind of a fun conversation you could have with so many people Mm -hmm. uh and then all the way back to you know the where where the boxed <laughs> memories sit for lots of people, you know, or sometimes you know you'll hear from people like, my parents wouldn't allow us to have that. and I was so fascinated by it. And then I tried it when I was twenty two and I was like, what is this? You know it's just right? it, it has a rich cultural life
0: absolutely. well said.
1: Well, thank you. So we are going to move on to the plugging section. Where can you be found on social media?
0: Yeah, I can be found on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw.
1: Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host for Center. I think I went through this entire episode of Obsessed without comparing anything uh, to Star Wars.
0: But we did talk about the boxes of Star Wars mac and cheese, at
1: least. You're right. You're right. Uh, so I, <laughs> I failed or I succeeded, depending on your point of view. Uh, for info on upcoming shows, comedy albums, all kind of stuff like that, you can check out my website at josephsgrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash Here are our final questions. If you had to make a Thanksgiving dish to share with the entire world, what would you make?
0: Um, I mean, I'm so tempted now to say baked mac and cheese, but I'm going to stick with um what I would actually do, which is mashed potatoes.
1: Mashed potatoes. Oh, that's pretty good. And it, would you try to make them without putting a lot of cheese in them? Because that's often what happens around here.
0: Oh, no. To me, mashed potatoes include cheese. <laughs>
1: that is a vital ingredient. We'll look for our next episode, mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather be able to run or think at super speed?
0: Oh. How? Wow. Um, You know what? I think I'm going to say run. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because as appealing as it is to be able to think at super speed, I think if you could think at super speed, but then not be able to act in response to it that fast, I think it would just be so frustrating to be like, I can do this. like like, That's my brain. Um, (laughs) And then not be able to do any of it. I feel like that might be really frustrating. So as much as that sounds... Fantastic! If I could run at super speed, then I could at least get from place to place much more easily.
1: I think you are so right because if you could run, you could meet yeah maybe actually get more of the things crossed off your list. Yeah, <laughs> that you're trying to get done. But I th- think that thinking at super speed is going to be a great thing. And then I remember like um, this uh, past weekend, I had one of those great showers where I think of like eight ideas for the thing I'm writing. And I need to write them down before they go away. Mm-hmm. And it is really like trying to type on the phone that's available to me as fast as possible with the weird autocorrects. Like, can I get them all out of my head before I forget them? And to live like that constantly. Yeah. Yeah. To be constantly trying to type down shower ideas. But <laughs> <laughs> That is always how your mind is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Your mind is busy cursing your slow thumbs at all times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, disastrous. Uh, final question is always is what is happiness?
0: Happiness is a bowl of right consistency macaroni and cheese with just the right additions in it.
1: Just the right additions, which can be peas. <laughs> Thank you very much for suggesting this topic, uh, for talking to me about it, for making some discoveries
0: mm-hmm. about.
1: Our uh, macaroni and cheese relationship.
0: Yeah, this has been great.
1: (laughs) And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoy whatever it is you are eating. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So we didn't talk about one significant and important thing. And that is balls. We have had uh, many (laughs) (laughs) macaroni and cheese balls at various uh, restaurants, Mm -hmm. Uh, basically just a wad of macaroni and cheese that has then been deep fried. Do you consider that macaroni and cheese delivered in a different form or is that an entirely different dish?
0: I would call it macaroni and cheese adjacent.
1: (laughs) It's macaroni and cheese adjacent. And when you see that on a menu, are you excited? Are you concerned? What is your feeling when you walk into a Mm. restaurant and it has macaroni and cheese balls?
0: I'm excited. I'm excited for you. (laughs) And then I kind of take a look around to see how many people we're with because I know that I will very much want to order them, but I will only want to eat one and then I will be done.
1: (laughs) You have to do emotional macaroni and cheese ball math. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.